to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Feed You podcast. I am so grateful you're here. I'm Elisa Connor, I'm the host. And uh, thank you for tuning in this week. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for finding me. And um, <clears throat> I have a little, I don't know what is going on, if it's allergies or cough, but my voice is a little bit funny today. So bear with me if I uh, have to clear my throat and things uh, during this episode. This week, we are talking about the detriment of using inside language. And we all do it. We all are experts in our arena, experts in what we do. And sometimes we forget that we have people that are brand new um, and have not been exposed to anything that we are very knowledgeable about. And not being able to simplify what we're trying to do or what we're trying to sell um, or, you know, sometimes we use insider language because it makes us feel really smart. But the opposite of that is that it makes someone else who's listening feel inadequate. And when people feel inadequate, they're not going to purchase from you. And <clears throat> so I'm going to encourage you, and I have some tips and tricks in this episode, on using simple language so that you can get greater uh, people, greater conversion of people that come into your funnels and also um, more subscribers and readers to any sort of content or lead magnets, lead magnets or generation lead generation that you do. So <clears throat> um, let's see, it is fall. So why are we talking about language now? Well, a lot of times in the fall, we start to kind of delve into, okay, what has happened in the last nine months of the year? Because we're closing in on the end of fourth quarter. We are, as I'm recording this, we've got about two weeks left of the third quarter. And, you know, fourth quarter is going to zip by because if you will recall, which I'm sure most of you will, <laughs> the, the holidays are abundant this time of year. And so that eats up a lot of time. So I'm going to ask you, you know, are you where you want to be with your goals? And if you're not, you may want to take a look at the message and the information that you're putting out there and ask yourself the simple question, you know, does this appeal to me and does it appeal to my ego because I'm really smart about this and I think that people should catch up to where I am? Or are you just using insider language because it's easy and it's harder? It is much harder. I will. I'm raising my hand really high right now because... It is much harder to simplify your language when you have been immersed in a subject area for an extended period of time. It really is. And it really has nothing to do with your audience not being intelligent enough to understand what you're talking about or whatever that might be. Um, But we're going to get into that in a minute. So before we hop into the episode, before we dive into today's topic, and I give you uh, lots of things not to do because I've done them. Uh, Let's take a minute and hear from our sponsor. One of the biggest frustrations I hear from business owners on a regular basis is, I need more clients. And I get it. Every business struggles with getting new clients until you know how to do it. The problem is, is you spend your time networking and going to events and making phone calls that don't go anywhere. You're out trying to attract people to you when there is a much easier way. 
Growing your email list is so important because it fills your list with potential clients who actually want to hear from you. And it gives you the ability to reach out to them on a regular basis and share what you have to offer. To grow your email list, you have got to have a great free download. Sign up for our free newsletter isn't working anymore. You've got to create a download that piques their interest, gets them to take action, and adds them to your list. Sounds easy, right? Of course it's not easy. That's exactly why I created my new free training to help you create an awesome free download. You can sign up at elisaconnor.com forward slash create my freebie. This live training is going to present the five easy steps that I've used with my clients to help them go from hot mess marketing to growing an email list that they consistently get sales from. So you don't want to miss this training. Head on over to elisaconnor.com forward slash create my freebie and sign up today. I'll see you inside. So let's dive in. And this is a pretty deep well that we can dig ourselves into um, talking about insider language. And when I talk about insider language, I mean the language that is really clear to you. So in the, for example, in the world of marketing, you know, we, we throw around ROI and sales funnels and um, social media terms and all these different engagement, all these different things that to a typical business owner, may not make sense. If they don't have a lot of background in marketing, they're not going to understand what those terms mean. They're not going to understand. Definitely, they're not going to understand acronyms and different uh, events that occur that are related to marketing. They're not those aren't going to be familiar to them. Why? Because they're building a business that is in a different direction. Their knowledge is in a different space. So For example, I work with a lot of people in healthcare, either alternative or traditional medical um, care, and they have a lot of terms that they use. And because they are very clinically focused, most of them, because you have to be very uh, detailed, clinically and research focused if you're in a field of medicine, regardless if it's alternative or traditional. And so to sometimes to simplify that language is very difficult for them. And it's not just in that field, but specifically, I I work a lot with people in that field. But even in real estate, I mean, real estate has terms that a typical non real estate uh, individual, I mean, they may not be familiar with the generalities of real estate because they bought or sold a home. But all of the intricacies of how to uh, go through a deal or get a mortgage and all the other terms of um, the industry are not going to be familiar to their audience because it's not really their job to be familiar with those. And the same goes with the doctors that have patients. Their patients are like, you know what their concern is, is their pain. They're like, do you get that I, I have a pain here? Um, and so when we're talking about messaging, we're looking at it from that perspective. We're looking at it from the perspective of, yes, we are definitely experts and authorities in what we do. And we sometimes assume that the people that we are trying to get in front of and convert into customers are as clear about what we do as we are. And that can be detrimental. So the number one tip I have for you is to simplify everything you can. My recommendation that I give to others and that I am going to also give to you is that if you can create messaging or content that a third grader can understand, you are doing well. And I have said it before, and it is not my line, I borrowed it from Don Miller. 
but marketing is really an exercise in memorization. And if you look about if you, if you look at how big companies market and advertise their companies, they don't have long and extended taglines. They don't have long and extended um, confusing commercials. And if they do, they fail. And so, you know, I was just talking um, to somebody at lunch about, you know, how uh, different taglines stick in your brain and like they just play the same commercial over and over and over again and you finally just memorize it because you're repatterning your brain. And so when you're using, you notice that Coca-Cola doesn't go into the manufacturing process of how they make Coke. They just say, you know, have a Coke and a smile. So I don't know if they say that anymore, but that's what they used to say. So we're going with it. (laughs) But you get the idea is they make it really simple and they make it appeal to people and they make it easy for them to remember. So I want you to think about how you can apply that in your own business and to your own messaging and how like the less words you can throw into your messaging and your marketing and content that you create, the better. And an exercise to do this, something that I um, do myself and I also recommend to clients is that, you know, start by opening up a blank piece of paper or a blank document and just type. Type or write your heart out. And then you're gonna read through it and you're gonna cross out about half of it. And you might, you know, tweak it here or tweak it there a little bit, but any extraneous words that you have that don't really need to be there, just pitch them because all you're doing is confusing what you're trying to get your audience to do. So the, you know, I kind of touched on this on the intro, in the intro, but a lot of times we will, we will get really stuck with industry language because it feeds our ego and our ego really has no place in business. It, it really doesn't because when you're stuck in your ego mind and like having to kind of pump your chest and be um, like Tarzan, like, you know, look at me, look at me, it's, it becomes about you and not your customer. And really, if you want to succeed in business, it needs to be all about your customer. And the more you focus on that, uh, the easier it's going to be for you to convert people into subscribers, fans, and then eventually into customers. And it, it can go very quickly through those three um, stages, but ultimately people are going to make a decision because the people that relate to them on a one-on-one basis that they can connect with and emotionally feel safe in making a decision to move forward with them are the people that are gonna succeed. So leave your ego at the door, leave your big, you know, I always call it your $5 words at the door and start to tune into what your audience says, the words they use. Um, I love when I, so I started to do this, oh, I don't know, it's been a little while, but I've become very cognizant of it in the last uh, probably six months, just being aware of words that people say, and they almost are like trigger words for me now. Uh, I had a conversation with a potential client this morning and uh, the word he he kept um, saying, I fear this, I fear that. And those are really important things for you to take note of. Because when someone repeatedly says, I'm really afraid of blah, 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 when you can address that fear with, you know, some sort of 
ability to meet that objection that's you know that takes away the fear from them you it's almost impossible to eliminate all fear but if you can release and um, help that fear relax a little bit by giving them some opportunity to see uh, the possibility the the quicker they're going to convert into a customer and so um, that's just a language thing but let's get into kind of the there is some brain science behind this and so I want to talk about that a little bit. So your brain, the um, frontal lobe of your brain really has, you know, from prehistoric times or, or what am I trying, trying to say? Like the times of cavemen um, really had two functions to keep you alive and to store energy because you were trying to stay warm and um, you know, you had to save up your energy because you had to go out and find food and all these different things. So your brain is still programmed to do those two things. And as humans, even though we have so many distractions now, you know, we have social media, we have television, we have our phones, we have kids, we have whatever it is, we have tons of distractions. Our brain is really subconsciously programmed to do those two things. So any habit you have, any belief you hold is really based on one of those two things to keep you alive or to store energy so that you have it for later to keep you alive. So when you create messaging that's super confusing and it it makes like your reader has to stop and go, what are they saying? And some of that can be not necessarily that you're using really um, heavy language or industry language. Yes, it comes from that, but some of it can be that you just use too many words. So I have an example. I, um, I'm 97% sure nobody from the band organization that I volunteer at um, is gonna listen to this. So I'm gonna kind of just talk about it because it's a really good example. But I have three kids in marching band and we, and I'm part of the board. I've been part of the board. This is my year, fourth year. And um, one of our biggest issues in marching band is that we have an internal communication issue, which spills into an external communication issue. And so there are emails, and this is not necessarily throwing a certain person under the bus because this has been the problem in all four years and it's been a different person all four years. So there is a tendency to send out emails that just are like a novel. They're just like, it takes, you have to scroll three, four or five times on your phone to get through it. And the problem is, is that you're trying to reach an audience that is super busy, super um, distracted, and is just like, I don't need one more thing. And so the recommendation was made that we simplify those emails to just what needs to happen in the next 48 hours. And, um, but this is a perfect example because when you have these emails and I know I get them all the time from people that are, um, you know, even some people that are higher up, but the reality is, is that even they know that they're going to send these really long emails, but most of their audience is never going to read all those words. And so one of the tricks to do that is to create headings so that you can, um, catch the skimmers. And you know who I mean, the people that are going to skim the headlines and then they may stop if they if they have an, a headline that piques their interest and read that little part. So I want you to be aware of the language that you're putting out there, because if you can make it simple and clear and concise, you will be light years ahead of your competition. So um, going back to the brain, 
you know, if it has these two functions, which are to keep you alive and to conserve calories and energy, then our job as business owners is to get our audience to understand what we want them to do as quickly as possible, which leads back to what I just was framing up with the, with the marching band. You know, the biggest tasks we have for those people that are getting those emails are get your kids here on time and please volunteer. Those are really our call to actions is we always need volunteers and please get your kids here on time. And so if we just made it very simple per event and said, hey, your kids need to be here, this is where you can get more information, which is on the website. And um, if you want to volunteer, we could use your help. Like that's all that needs to be in those emails. And so as an outside uh, strategist, I'm working with them on developing an action plan to really create more concise emails and then putting the bulk of information over onto the website so that people can go and gather what they need at the time they need it. Um, so I want you to think about how that would play out in your business as well, because I, I also have done that in my business and in the business of my clients. Um, what is the first thing that you want people to do? So, and it could be dependent on activity. So if you're creating a piece of content, for example, say you're creating a blog post. Well, when somebody reads that blog post or skims that blog post, which is more, more than likely, or watches a video or whatever it might be, um, you need to have some sort of direction in that piece of content that gets them to the next step. And so why would you want to do that? Well, because if you aren't telling that audience what you want them to do, the sales funnel stops right there. It stops at that blog post. They're not going to go any further because they don't, you haven't given them instructions or a reason to go seek out more information. So when you're creating things for your business, this is the, the initial phase of your fail, of your sales funnel. And you're creating those pieces. I want you to think about, you know, the wording you're using, how much energy it takes to get across what you're trying to share with them and how much energy it takes for them to understand it. Um, and then, you know, like I'm, like I had mentioned before, make sure you just, if, if you have, so a, a tricky word for me is sales funnels and it's a difficult term to get away from because it's a very concise um, term to round up a giant process. Like a sales funnel is not a small thing. And sometimes people try to minimize what isn't included in a sales funnel. And if you have been in sales, you may understand sales a little bit more than the average bear. If you've been in marketing, you might understand it, but the typical business owner does not really understand what a sales funnel is. And so it takes many more words for me to explain, you know, it is how you get people into uh, you, you know, to starting a relationship with you, a way to nurture those people, and then a way to turn them into customers. Notice sales funnel is m much fewer words than that. So it's, it's how you can maneuver those and then do a lot of explaining so that if you are going to use a term that is an industry term, because it's hard to get away from, that you're doing a good, concise, simple job of explaining, okay, this is what a sales term, this is what, this is really what a sales funnel is, for example, or this is really what a chiropractic adjustment is. And just, you know, make it one, two, three steps is the fewer steps you can make it, the easier for the brain to understand. And they're going to be like, oh, I get it. Um, 
So same um, concept is, you know, in any piece of content you're creating in any kind of download you're creating, any kind of um, verbiage that you're using in an email or that you're using on your website, just keep it really concise and clear. So I'm gonna, so yeah, as I was saying before, if you, if you, it takes a lot of energy to understand what you're trying to con, you know get across and convey, those people are just gonna tune out. They're gonna be like, okay, I don't have time for this. And they're gonna move on. Just like the marching band emails. I can guarantee you 90% of the audience that gets those emails probably, if they don't just delete them and send them to spam, which is you know very likely and probably happens more often than we would like it to, they might read the first half of a phone screen or maybe the whole phone screen and that's it. Like they never get to the end. And the same thing is gonna happen with your emails and the content that you're creating. Like if you make it just long and dry and boring and full of industry language, people are gonna tune out unless that's a subject that they are really wanting to dive deep into and become an expert. And if though if that's the case, those people really aren't your customers because they're the ones that are gonna go do it themselves. Not that it's a disadvantage that, you know, that they can go and learn that. However, you're really wanting to attract people that are wanting to be your customers and converting them into your customers. That's the whole point of being in business. So, you know, when you're thinking about that, I want you to, to take into consideration um, how you can help them not just understand what you're saying, but give them the action steps to implement at least a, a small win. And really the goal of anything you put out there is to help your your customers specifically, but also potential customers to improve their life in some way. And so you don't wanna just help them survive a situation and to just kind of muddle through it. You really want to give them the tools so that they can move forward and thrive and um, see some sort of success. Because if they see even a mini success with you, and can see what you can do, they're gonna be like, they, they're gonna want more, which means you know, you're only gonna give so much away for free. Eventually they're going to pay you in some capacity or another to do business with you. And so um, making it really easy for them to understand and then, um, what was I gonna say? And then you know, making them feel empowered because you're using language they can understand is gonna get you much further. So I have, whoa, five tips that I'm gonna roll out for you guys on how to keep your language simple and get people uh, converting into subscribers, customers, and raving fans, basically. Uh, so number one is whenever you're creating a piece of copy or content, you want to keep your focus on one goal. And so, and sometimes you'll see, especially in video, people jump all over the board. Like they will pick, and I have been guilty of this in the past. And so um, I'm giving myself kind of a little thumbs up Wonder Woman, um, you know, power strut, because this is something that's kind of difficult when you're an entrepreneur, because you know a lot about what you do, but it can get really, uh, you, your audience can become um, overwhelmed and uh, there's another word we'll just go with overwhelmed really quickly if they're if the subject matter is not familiar to you to them 
And so it's super familiar to you. So you may just, you know, jump in and go, well, obviously it's step one, two, three, four. Um, but if they're just like, I didn't even know there was a step three and I'm still on step one and I'm actually on step half because I don't even really understand step one, you've lost them. And so <clears throat> specifically when you're creating a piece of content, if you can focus on one specific task. So for example, let's take this podcast episode. I am talking about insider language. That's the entire intent of this podcast is to really get you clear about becoming aware of the language you're using and modifying that language in order to drive sales through your sales funnel. And so most of my episodes, you will see focus on one thing. Whereas if you have an episode that's like, I'm gonna talk about social media marketing, that is such a broad subject that one, you're not gonna stand out from anybody else in the industry talking about that. And two, um, it's gonna be very overwhelming to your audience. So break it down to one simple piece of the pie and stick with that for whatever you're creating. And the same would go for your website. Um, if you, I see like they have these really long homepage websites now, it's like the new thing, but most people aren't going to scroll down that far. Um, number one and number two is that they just try to cover so much information on that homepage. And so be cognizant of, of how your audience learns and what they learn and what they want to learn first, and then start to create your content and your copy around what that is. And then um, always have a goal in mind for whatever you're creating, whether even if it's a, you know, a website page. Um, And make sure that, you know, with a goal, you have some sort of measurement in place to determine whether or not you have met that goal. And um, the, the question I always recommend you ask yourself is, you know, what is it you really want to achieve with this webpage, with this blog post, with this social media story or whatever it is, like what's your goal and then work backwards. So that's tip number one is to just focus on one goal and one piece of content slash copy um, at a time. Number two is to focus on one audience uh, per piece of content or copy. And this, so for example, if you are a doctor, regardless, you, you will likely have more than one audience. So let's use, for example, um, somebody that is just a medical doctor. Your audiences are going to be patients, they're going to be insurance companies, and they're probably going to be other doctors or hospital staff. Um, depending on what you're talking about and who you're addressing. And so when you try to have a broad umbrella and talk about a subject and cover all of those people, you it is going to be so confusing to your audience. So I would recommend that you choose one audience, focus on that audience, let them know that it's for them so that if they're a doctor and you're writing for patients, they can tune out. It's, you know, they, they can tune if they want to, but it's really not gonna be as relevant as if you were actually addressing the doc, the um, medical community. And so when you focus on that one audience in that piece of content, it makes it less confusing about what you're trying to get across, what you're trying to say. Um, the people that you're addressing, they immediately know they're in the right place. And if they're not, then they can choose to step out and come back at another time. Or if they are, they're like, sweet, this person gets me. Um, and then, it helps you to become really crystal clear and specific 
about what you're sharing with them. And so, for example, it is much more clear to talk to um, pregnant moms who need chiropractic versus I help anyone who has, who, who has a back that needs chiropractic. Which, you know, when you're trying to service everybody in the chiropractic community because you think that's a better way to go, no one's going to tune in. Whereas if you're like pregnant moms who are suffering with sciatica um, and migraines during pregnancy and want a natural solution, I help those people. That becomes very clear and you just carved out your piece of the pie no matter where you're posting it. So get really clear about who and get really clear about what. That's uh, tips one and two. Tip number three, and this is sometimes easier said than done. It is definitely a knack and it is something that you're going to probably have to practice at and you may even need to hire somebody to help you. Um, But that is to create a conversation in some way or form. Now this can become difficult if you're writing emails or you're creating a blog post and you're not really having a conversation with anybody but yourself. Um, And same with, you know, doing Instagram stories or even um, Facebook posts. There's a little bit more interaction when you're doing uh, Facebook lives and things like that where it's live video. But anytime you're just putting out content, you really don't have the opportunity unless it's a webinar or something like that to have a conversation. So to create a conversation and openings for conversation and invite conversation is definitely a skill set that needs to be practiced. So how would you do that? Well, tip number one I have for you is to actually, when you're writing that content or you're brainstorming it or whatever, is to imagine that that person is in front of you, whoever you're addressing from step number two. And, you know, how would that conversation start? What would it look like if you sat down at a Starbucks and had a cup of coffee? And this is why having testimonials and client examples is so, so helpful because you've had those conversations. So when you go to write an email or you go to write a blog post or you go to do a live video, you can pull from that experience and it makes it really easy. So that's tip number one is to, you know, to imagine how you'd be um, addressing and having a conversation with that person if you were face to face with them in real life. Along with that, you want to become aware, and this is something that um, I alluded to earlier in the conversation, become aware of the language they use, the language they would use, um, as well as, you know, what, what questions they would ask, those kinds of things. Because when you become aware of that, it's very interesting, when you become aware of it in your email creation and in what you're doing off you know, outside of meeting with customers, when you meet up with customers and potential clients, you're hypersensitive to those questions and those words that are trigger words. And so it makes it really great because each individual conversation will have added benefits to teach you, you know, oh, I didn't even know that was a problem or, oh, I didn't realize that that was a bigger issue. And so it's stuff you can document and then later, uh, you you can figure out how to add that into a consulting offer or into whatever product and service you're offering, and it becomes a very uh, it becomes a huge asset to the people that you're trying to serve and help. So the other the, these get a little bit trickier, but just have fun with it. Is um, you definitely want to add your personality in there. If you are on my email list, you probably get my emails and you 
are fully aware that I just kind of let loose. Like I really enjoy writing and, and some people do and some people don't, but my personality comes through because, and I've gotten better at it because I kind of used to hide a little bit of that. Um, but letting your personality shine through is going to naturally attract people to want to read more because it's not just a, a same old, same old bland email. Those are sent every single day when you can have fun and entertaining and a different, um, twist on what you do and what you're presenting, people are going to pay attention and they're going to look forward to those emails. So think about how you can add your personality into the mix. And then uh, last but not least, you know, when you're creating that conversation kind of in your head and also, you know, on paper or however you're doing it is like, you know, what other voice cues can help you to provide value? And so, you know, when you're with, and if you don't have clients or customers yet, or you don't have very many, you can totally do this with a test group. I'm sure you can dig out some potential people that, you know, you've networked with or whatever, and just, you know, start asking them questions and, and start to listen for cues of things that might come up or areas of confusion or things that they're just like, oh, I don't know about that, or I'm afraid of this or whatever. And that's going to help you create content that resonates with your audience. So uh, number three is to create a conversation. Number four is, we have harped on this for the whole first half of this episode, but stay away from insider language. You will quickly lose your audience. Uh, it's gonna take way too much energy for them to process what you're saying, and so they just won't. They'll just walk away. And you don't wanna make your readers feel inadequate or unintelligent, and so, using simple language actually makes you appear smarter because you have taken the time to simplify something very complicated. And when you can do that and you get really good at it is when you're going to see bigger results. And trust me, I have, oh boy, there's so many times that um, I, and I still struggle with it. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I'm getting a lot better. But I have also seen a huge shift and, you know, the, the more simple I become with how I can serve people and help them and be aware of what their problems are and use simpler language to relate to them, the bigger success I see. So uh, when I was, you know, doing initially, um, what am I trying to say? The uh, elevator pitches. Oh boy. <laughs> I would do elevator pitches because I've been in pretty much every networking group under the sun. Um, but specifically BNI, I remember having to do a 30 second commercial every week and I was just like, I could never get out what I do. And there was just so many things. And, and a lot of it was, I was trying to serve everybody. I was trying to um, do way too many, I was offering way too many services and I just couldn't get clear. And so the more clarity you have around what you do and what you offer and how you help, of course, is also going to impact your language. But um, the more clear that you can be about those things and about how you uh, get results and help and serve people, the quicker that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember she does this. And you're going to get more referrals, you're going to get more business and people are going to remember, they're going to start to remember you and what you do. So stay away from insider language. And then Unlike this podcast, my tip number five is less is more. And it's really difficult on a podcast to be brief because you're trying to explain a lot of things that you could normally visually share with people. But um, 
less is more in your language, especially if it's something that's showing up on a mobile device, because those screens are small. And I, I don't have the exact statistic in front of me, but it's somewhere between 80 and 90% of every piece of content is now being viewed on a mobile device. So be aware of that, because if you have a homepage that is six paragraphs of information that are all about you, that takes up more than one phone screen and people just aren't gonna read it. And so you're, you're not gonna get traction, you're not gonna get the results that you want. Um, so the fewer words you can use to say something, the better. And the tip I gave you originally was, you know, brain dump everything out onto a blank document, go through and start cutting it. And then I actually re recommend going through it one more time and cut it again, because the less words you can use, the clearer it's going to be, the simpler you make it for customers and, and um, prospects to do business with you. And the more your cash register is going to ring. So that's what I've got for you this week. Next week, we are taking a tour of our website through our customers' eyes. So I would love to have you join me for that podcast. And in the meantime, if you've enjoyed this episode and you've got some uh, good tips out of it, I would love for you to share it with a friend. And in the meantime, have a great week and I will see you guys next week. Take care. Just a reminder, don't forget to sign up for my free training to create your irresistible download. Everybody wants a great free download. Why shouldn't you have one too? Grow and build your email list so you can get more clients by joining me on my free training at alisaconnor.com forward slash create my freebie. I'll see you soon.